Hey, top fans, it's Bill and my co-host Jackson for another edition of The Decades, covering 1931 to 1940 day. Jackson, how are we doing? Doing great. This is a great decade. I probably have way too many players on my list, so I, I might have to cut a couple, but hopefully our lists aren't too similar so we can touch base on all of them. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I was the same way, Jackson. I, I was looking at it and I'm making notes and, and my wife comes in and she's like, I've got like three pages of notes. She goes, nobody's listening to three pages of notes with you. I'm like, no. thank you, sweetheart. You know, have a good day. <laughs> you know, um, it's a, and you can pretty much call this the decade of the Yankees, it felt like. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we just, I mean, podcast that's going to go up before this one. Uh, about murderers row you'll hear all about the 1927 yankees how good the yankees were in the late 20s but they kind of just they were still there they still had garrick they still had ruth um a yankee who might make a cameo appearance a guy named joe dimaggio you might have heard of him showed up at the end of the decade for the yankees so they didn't really go anywhere (laughs) exactly exactly well there's your intro top fans it's exciting to um uh, it's exciting. We're excited to to get that going. Jackson, do you want to you want to lead us off with uh, anything? I mean, yeah, just subscribe on YouTube, uh, Top Fan Rivalry. Uh, follow us on Instagram at at Top Fan Rivalry. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Top Fan Sports Guy if you really want to. Um, or Top Fan Stats Man, I, I believe That's is good. what I'm under. I'm a stats guy. I, I'm I'm new to the Instagram. Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also just got a new shipment of hats. Uh, for those of you who can see the video, Bill's got a lovely hat he's modeling there. Our top fan hats, they're in the store now. You can go check them out. Uh, discount code Jackson uh, gets you 10% off your hat. So, I mean, go scoop up a hat. I mean, it's comfy. It's got that nice uh, ventilated back, the trucker hat style. Yeah. Very comfortable. I wear it a lot. I, I have a lot of hats. I actually wear a lot more than my other hats. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, top fans, it, it's so comfortable that I was in a public place where Jackson had just flown in from the East Coast. And you know how you have those experiences, Jackson, where you see somebody and you know them and you kind of do like a double take because you're not used to seeing something or seeing them in that area? Well, yeah. I bumped into you in a parking lot and you're wearing a top fan hat. And I'm like, who's wearing a top fan hat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> it was great yeah. i mean but you're not here to hear us talk about all the time no. we run into each other in the parking lot or our top fan hats you're here for the the good stuff the good stuff the, the historical the historical uh archaeological whatever you want to call them our, our findings for the week uh for the decades of the 30s yeah all the yeah. way up to 1940 roughly. so jackson lead us off I mean, I'm going to start off with a with a player. Uh, Martin Digo is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Cuban. Uh, so this is a fun one. Uh, he was actually the last player I looked up for for this list. Uh, it's really hard to find stats from on Baseball Reference. Uh, he played in the Negro Leagues and the Mexican Leagues. And he played in Cuba <laughs> and Venezuela. You know, he played all over the place. He bounced around. Uh, but he was fantastic. Uh, his 1938 season is notable in the Mexican league. He went 18 and two and led the league with a 0.92 ERA striking out 184 batters. And he won the batting title with a 387 batting average. 
Yep. And then he won the league championship by hitting a walk-off home run off a pitcher who relieves Satchel Page. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, another good player that we'll be talking about yeah, in the I coming mean, decade. Just, just to, just to cap that off. I mean, there's not a lot of individual uh, statistics I can give you, but the stuff on record in 12 seasons in the Negro leagues and other affiliated leagues, he hit 307 with a 5.11 slugging percentage, uh, 431 hits, and 1,400 at bats. 64 home runs, so pretty good numbers. Uh, he drew 143 walks and stole 41 bases. Off. Pretty solid, you know, for uh, 1,400 at bats. Yeah, <laughs> it's like three seasons worth of at bats, stole 41 bases. You know, yeah. bit of an athlete. And then as a pitcher, he went 26 and 19 with a 2.92 ERA and 354 recorded innings, which is just fantastic. So the he's your leadoff right there. He's my leadoff, Martin Digo. Martin Digo. The, the, um, the, H, the H is silent. D-I-H-I-G-O. Digo. I-G-O. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one that that burst onto the scene that we'll talk about much much more in the coming podcast. Jackson mentioned him earlier, but uh, Jotenjo DiMaggio, right? <laughs> Came up as a 21-year-old, uh, played for, obviously, the New York Yankees. Um, so he started in 1936, um, came up a uh, four-time All-Star, uh, 36 through uh, 39. It was incredible um, what uh, he was able to accomplish. So in those four years, 791 hits, 137 home runs, um, 341 batting average for a young kid, a 21-year-old kid. Um, and a mere 622 slugging percentage. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, that, that's not that's not much to talk about, right? And it so, yeah, he, young kid, especially when he's coming up, I mean, the Yankees are having guys going out, which I'm sure we'll, we'll mention the two big names that went out in uh, the, this decade that we're talking about. But he was kind of the fresh look to, to what was a very predominant, um, Yankee uh, decade prior, and even in this decade. So, Joey D. Where I'm going to start out with Joey D. Who I mean, you got it's next? A pretty, it's a pretty good one to start on. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Charlie Geringer. Oh, nice! I had him. I had him too. Go ahead. I mean, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Detroit Tigers are a very old team, and they have some very good players in their history, including Charlie here. I mean. He won an MVP in 1937 uh, among his achievements in the decade, finished top 10 MVP MVP voting like seven straight years. But for the decade, he had 1,865 hits and 146 home runs, 1,003 RBIs, 400 doubles, including 60 in 1936, which is just absolutely disgusting. He had 227 hits in total that year. Hit 331, 414 on base, 507, 921 OPS for the decade. That's it's a pretty good decade for a guy who is, I mean, by this decade standards, kind of light hitting, you know? Mm-hmm. Just a doubles hitter, doubles power. Not only that, but um, six time All Star, right? Yeah. And he played in Old Tiger Stadium, which, which you could run for a mile if you hit the ball in the right place. But his war. Did you see his war? No, I did not. 61.1. That's pretty good. 
that's a bad war. <laughs> so yeah, he he made my list too. Awesome. I mean, okay, he, so when you, when you average forty doubles a year for for ten years, you're, you're probably doing pretty good for yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to take us. Uh, uh, I'm going to stay uh, obviously uh, uh, off pitching for right now. Uh, I'm going to take us to Mel Ott. Mel Ott. Oh, yes. Uh, the good old Mel Ott from the San or from the I'm sorry, not San Francisco, the New York Giants, six-time All Star. Ages 21 to 30 this decade, 1,673 hits, 308 home runs, batting average at 313, and a slugging percentage of 560. This dude took advantage of this decade. He took advantage of this decade, playing it well. Um, and again, playing in a stadium where you could hit the ball in the right place and run forever. Right, the Polo Grounds wasn't exactly a small baseball uh, facility. I mean, you can call the left and right field short. Uh, I put that in air quotes for those of you just listening. But uh, those walls were about twenty feet high, so you really had to put a charge into a baseball to clear those fence. No, no line drive home runs for you. You had to hit absolutely towering shots. Yeah, Mel Ott's one of those names where you hear it and you think, "Oh, it's that guy that everyone passes on the home run list." Yeah. <laughs> eventually when they get just past over 500 home runs that that's what popped into my head i was like i'm doing research for this decade i was like all right is there anyone on the home run list i need to mention it's like oh yeah mel Ott. he was pretty good <laughs> that you know it's so funny because it's such a familiar name right and and so it's yeah but it, it yeah he had a great career and and again playing at the polo grounds it you know you had to you had to connect with the ball Right. It wasn't like the short porch in Yankee Stadium. You had to connect with the ball. So, um, you know, of course, they he played with the Giants who played against Brooklyn. And, you know, Brooklyn's dimensions were a little different than than the Polo Grounds, but not much. So. All right, Jackson, who do you got next? I got uh, well, my computer's running. So I got so many tabs open. I'm telling you, <laughs> we're going to go to Chuck Klein. OK, OK. Uh, he was one of my favorite players I looked at because, uh, I mean, Phillies fans, if you've learned a little bit about the, the old school Phillies, uh, Chuck Klein played for the Phillies from 1930 to 1933. And then he got traded to the Cubs in 1934, played for the Cubs for two seasons. They got traded back to the Phillies halfway through 1936 and then played for the Phillies 1937 and 1938. And then in 1939, got traded to the Pirates midseason by the Phillies and then re-signed with them in 1940, which is absolutely hilarious for me. <laughs> the guy just didn't want to leave Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, he was a right fielder. Uh, he had a pretty good decade. Um, he was probably, I don't want to call him like the National League equivalent of Babe Ruth, but he's I'm going to dip into the 20s for a second, but he hit 43 home runs in 1929. That kind of really set the tone for his decade in which he hit 238 home runs, uh, had 1600 hits, had a 326 batting average, 384 on base, 551 slugging. He was just Mr. Consistent. He won an MVP in uh, 1932. Uh, that year he hit 38 home runs, had 137 RBIs, stole 20 bases, had a 646 slugging percentage because he had 50 doubles, 15 triples in addition to his 38 home runs. Led the league in runs with 152. Led the league in hits with 226. 
1050 OPS. I mean, <laughs> just another one of those classic right fielders that just goes up to the plate, and just mashes the baseball, you know? Mashes it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I don't know if my next one made your list or not, Jackson. Um, but how about Bill Dickey? Bill Dickey did not make my list. Okay. Um, New York Yankee, six-time All-Star, um, 23 to 32 uh, was his ages during the, this decade. Uh, had 1,431 hits. He had a batting average of uh, 320. And in addition to having a batting average of 320, um, he also hit 168 home runs. And I'm, I'm pulling something up right now about him that I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, and he was a catcher. He was a catcher. He broke in with the, the um, he broke in with the Yankees in 28 and he played with the Yankees until 43. Um, what's interesting about him is during the decade that we're talking about, he played, he averaged Averaged as a catcher, averaged about 130 games a season, which isn't bad. Um, not for a catcher by any way, shape, or form. Um, predominantly had about 450 at bats every season. Got on base. Uh, slugging percentage wasn't awesome, but his on base percentage was pretty pretty good. So, from behind the dish, he was kind of your 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 power hitting catcher, or at least your on-base catcher. He did finish his career with almost 2,000 hits, so he had a good career. Yeah. All right. I'm going to jump over to a catcher, uh, one that you may or may not have heard of, Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson. The legendary Negro League catcher himself. Again, disclaimer, I know I'm the stats guy, and I'm supposed to be thinking for this. It's hard to find all the complete stats of these guys it's just they don't exist i don't have access to a lot of these old newspapers unfortunately but um he's rated as one of the greatest negro league players to ever live known as the black babe ruth um he stood at six foot one and weighed 210 pounds he was the first uh he was the first to win consecutive triple crowns in the negro leagues um and they said he hit over 800 home runs somewhere between 800 and 1,000. Uh, baseball reference has him at about 150 for his career, 165. But from the recorded games in the 30s, I mean, 340 games, he hit 105 home runs and had 429 RBIs, 469 hits. So that's good for uh, 376 batting average, 454 on base, 745 slugging. That's a 1,200 OPS for those of you keeping track at home. But um, a, a lot of the stats on baseball reference are from when he played against the top tier competition. So that's, that's a stats against the other best black and Latino players of the time. So that, that alone is just absolutely staggering. Uh, his home run rate. Fun fact, what I could find was at about one every 15 at bats roughly, which is on par for, with guys like Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Some of the big boppers in history. So. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So here you go. I love Josh, Josh Gibson. That's another name that people know, but they don't know how good he really was. So I'm glad you brought him up. How about Archie Vaughn? Was he on your list? He was not on my list, but he was someone I looked at. Um, 
ages 20 to 27 during this uh, this period we're looking at. He broke in in 1932, played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, six-time All-Star, um, 1,413 hits, 329 batting average, um, 476 slugging percentage during that time frame that we're looking at. Now, what's interesting about him is his hits, the amount of hits that he got per season. He never dipped below 151 hits in this entire decade. He had two seasons in this decade that he played all 156 games um, because it went up to 156 games. Uh, he had a season where he had 19 triples, one that he had 17 triples and one that he had 15 triples. Again, amazing numbers, right? Um, based on balls, uh, 118 in 1936. So he was that guy. Um, he was that guy that just kind of, you know, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, he was he was their guy. He played uh, shortstop and third base, so he kind of was was your middle in middle infielder, your hot corner, right? And so, just all around for this decade, puts up some good numbers. Yeah. All right. I mean, I we we talked about Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig last week, but they they were definitely on the list. I could go over some numbers if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it because they they're on both of my list too. But the um, yeah, let, let's do let's take care of those. I'm going to move to the mound once you're done with that. So, all right, take us take us through both of them. I know the the Babe kind of slowed down in in his old age. You know, only mashing 198 home runs over. Uh, a five six season span there only you know that's good for 33 home runs a season uh still had 797 hits 652 rbis uh still multiple all-star appearances and still had an ops of over 1100 i mean started off 1930 with 49 home runs in 46 41 then 1933 only 34 home runs while still leading the league in walks and then all the way until he played with the Boston Braves in 1940, he was 22 home runs, 84 RBIs was probably his worst full professional year at the plate. But he still hit 288, had a 448 on base, 537 slugging. <laughs> Imagine that being your worst year of your career. Exactly. Still an all-star that year as well. And then uh, Lou Gehrig, was the opposite, uh, kind of how we talked about in our in our 20s video. At the end of the 20s, the start of the 30s, you know, Lou Gehrig was on the up and coming, and Babe Ruth was on the on the down. So Lou Gehrig, from 1930 until his retirement in 1939, his premature retirement due to ALS, um, he's macked 347 home runs, had 1,360 RBIs, drew over a thousand walks, had 1,802 hits. 343 batting average, 453 on base, 638 slugging. I mean, what more can you say? He won. He was runner-up from MVP twice in 1931-1932, won the MVP in 1936, was a seven-time All-Star for the decade. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's, let's not forget 1931, where he, he hit a mere 46 home runs with 185 uh, RBIs. Which I still think is the American League record behind Hack Wilson's, and it's the second in the major league record behind Hack Wilson's 191 RBIs. Yeah, in oh, and, and in 1930, 1930, 
He played 154 games, had 703 at bats, and he hit a, a, a mere 379. That's crazy. He wasn't very good. I mean, yeah. could could have done a little bit better if he applied himself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just to stay focused, brother. Just stay focused. Yeah. So, I mean, two of the greatest of all time right there. And I'll let you jump on over to pitching real quick, Bill. Okay. So, I'm sure on your list, Jackson, you got Lefty Grove. Yeah. Okay. So, Lefty Grove uh, played for the Philadelphia A's and the Boston Red Sox during this decade. He broke in in 1925. Okay. So, he broke in before this, the decade that we're talking about. But here's what's interesting about his decade. 199 wins, 76 losses, a 291 ERA during this time frame, 1,313 strikeouts, and he had a 4.9 strikeouts per nine innings. So he averaged five strikeouts per nine innings, which doesn't sound huge, but for a decade where we came out of the dead ball era, where people are just mashing the ball now, five strikeouts per nine innings is actually a pretty good rate. Um, a couple of stats that just stick out like crazy is um, in 1931, he had 31 wins. He went 31 and four with a 2.06 ERA. Not only did he have 31 wins, but he completed 27 games and he had four shutouts. Okay. Not a, not a bad giddy up, right? Um, yeah. You know, he slowed down the next year and it was 25 and 10 with 27 complete games, four shutouts with an ERA of 2.84. You know, not bad, not bad at all. And so, I mean, this guy uh, in 1930, um, 31, he started 41 games and completed 27 of them. Like if you're a relief pitcher, when he's pitching, you're like, I got the day off, lefty's pitching. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is, he also played for, like I said, he played for the Red Sox and during this decade and the Philadelphia A's. Um, both teams that the Red Sox obviously were, were struggling coming out of the, the early decades where they, you know, had won three, four championships in a, a short period of time. Um, the Philadelphia A's were not, were not hitting on all cylinders. So he didn't play with teams like Murder's Row. I mean, if he would have played on the Yankees when they had murders wrote, this guy may have ended up with 40 wins. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't, Jackson, I don't know if we're ever going to see a pitcher with 31 wins again. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really bad. We have 31 wins and you start 41 games and you have 31 wins. Pretty good winning percentage. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. All right. Who you got next? Uh, I think I will stay on the pitching. Uh, I'm going to do my favorite pitcher that I picked out because I want to do him. Uh, Carl Hubble. Ah, he was on my list. Carl Hubble went 188-104 for the decade with a 2.71 ERA. Um, Started 303 games, had 197 complete games, 31 shutouts. Threw over 2,500 innings. Uh, I mean, four strikeouts per nine. Again, that's pretty low, but... He kept his whip down at a 1.1. Uh, for those of you that don't know, don't know, Carl Hubble is famous for the, his screwball. Yeah. And uh, me being the stats guy, couldn't couldn't pass up the fact. Uh, I mean, I probably should have mentioned my other ones, but since you dipped into the pitching, uh, in the All-Star game in 1934, Carl Hubble struck out five consecutive future Hall of Famers. Whoa. He struck Whoa. out Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, 
who might make an appearance later, Al Simmons, who might also make an appearance later, and Joe Crodit, who might almost also make an appearance later. And uh, <laughs> it was on the back of that screwball that they, they said when it was on its day was absolutely unhittable. Yeah. Uh, but his most notable season for the decade – here, let me pull that up. No backup for you. Uh, was 1933 when he went 23 and 12. Uh, yeah, he had 12 losses. When I'm going to redo these numbers right here with a 1.66 ERA. Jeez. 308 innings. Scoring for him. Nope. They were not. He had 10 complete games, five shutouts. I read that. Yeah. Or 10, 10 shutouts. Excuse, 22 complete games, 10 shutouts, five saves. Excuse me. Yep. And then. Uh, yeah, ERA plus of 193, whip of 0.98. Was an all-star, of course. Just absolutely disgusting. Led the league in ERA three times, was like a six-time all-star. Was in the MVP race five times as a pitcher, which is just absolutely mind-boggling with the kind of guys that were running around, the guys we've been listening off, the Babe Ruth and the, the Al Simmons and the <laughs> Charlie Garingers, you know? You have to be pretty good to be in consideration when those guys are out there mashing the ball. Yep. 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 Um, well, I've got, I've only got two more on my list. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to take my two more and then I'll let you have two more and we'll, we'll wrap it up because it's all right. top, top fans. This is too much fun. Like we could do this all day. Jackson and I are just sitting here. We could do this long. The unfortunate part is, is if we do this, you ain't going to listen because we could do this all day long. You'd be like, these guys are going on and on and on. I just want to hang out with them. So you mentioned Jimmy Fox. We got to mention Jimmy Fox, right? So I'm going to get off the mound for a second, and I'm going to come back onto the mound. So let's talk Jimmy Fox for a second, right? During this decade, 1932. So Jimmy Fox breaks into 1925, right? Um, And he's first baseman. He's a catcher. He's a third baseman. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. But I'm going to read you some stats. 1932. 58 home runs, 163, or I'm sorry, 169 RBIs, um, 151 runs. He only hit 364, okay? 1933, 48 home runs, 163 RBIs, batting average, 356. Again, um, the year prior, he had 213 hits. This year, he only had 204 hits. So if you look at his hits, 31, 150, 32, 213, 33, 204, 35, 180, 185, 198, 162, 197, 168, 153. He had a great decade. He had a great, great decade. Um, And if you look at his strikeouts compared to his walks, he had a pretty good ratio, right? He had, he had a couple of seasons where he struck out a little bit, but nowhere near what he was walking. One season he had 119 walks. That's not bad. Um, that year he had 50 home runs and 175 RBIs. So to, to coin Jackson from the last podcast, Chicks dig the long ball. He hit a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He ended up his career and, and, we probably won't cover him in the 40s decade because this was his decade, but he ended up um, with 534 runs. So 
Yeah. Uh, my, my only note on him to add on to everything you did, uh, he won three MVPs in the decade and was yes, runner up did. in 1939. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes. He did. All right. Who do you got next? Uh, I want to talk about uh, someone that Tim McGraw, the famous baseball manager, once said is the best player in baseball. And he said this when Babe Ruth was running around. It was a guy that uh, we might have glossed over a bit on last week. He's more of a t- kind of 20s, early 30s guidance. Oscar Charleston. Oh, of yeah. The Negro Leagues. Uh, he's regarded as Willie Mays before Willie Mays was. Um, he was a player manager for pr- arguably one of the greatest Negro League teams of all time. Uh, with the, the scant uh, statistics we had, I'll, I'll tell you what he won. Four batting titles, several home run crowds. Uh, he's among top five Negro leaguers all time in batting average with 339 and home runs and the all-time leader in stolen basement, all-time leader in stolen bases. Um, he was also a player manager in 1932 of the Pittsburgh Crawfords, where on his team, it was himself, Josh Gibson, Satchel Page, and Judy Johnson. And the team went 99 and 36, and he hit 363. And they're not very good. <laughs> I mean, he, he might know a thing or two about baseball. He might know a thing or two about baseball. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up my last pick and then I'll let, you know, you wrap us up with your last pick. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of honorable mentions here, but my last pick goes back to the mound. Another lefty, lefty Gomez. Uh, um, did you have him on your list? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, he played for the Yankees seven time all-star. During this decade, 165 wins, 87, I'm sorry, 89 losses, 3.24 ERA. Um, he he didn't pitch much. He pitched 2,234 innings that decade. So he wasn't out there very often. Um, and uh, he had a strikeouts per nine innings of 5.4. Now, if you look into this decade, so he, he had a little bit of a shorter career. He only played... Well, he actually ended up playing 14 seasons, but some of them uh, towards the end, he was, you know, I wouldn't call him playing it, it, you know. He wasn't at his normal capacity. But 1934, he had 26 wins and five losses, ERA of 2.33. He started 38 games. He completed 25 of those games with six shutouts, and he pitched 281 innings. Not a guy that you hear about a lot, um, but again, another Yankee great pitcher, right? And so um, he was pretty amazing. Who do you got to wrap up with, uh, Jackson? Uh, Hank Greenberg. Oh, yes. Uh, he had some limited action. He missed all of nine. He didn't play in the major leagues. So he debuted in 1930 at the age of 19, only got one plate appearance. Uh, then didn't play again until 1933. And then we're going to throw out his 1936 season as well. So we're going to throw out 19. So we're going to count 1933, 34, 35, 37, 38, 39. So six seasons. Okay. And those six seasons, roughly, he hit. Let's see. He hit 323 with a 415 on base and a 617 slugging for the Detroit Tigers. Had 206 home runs, uh, 851 RBIs, 262 doubles, 53 triples, over 1,000 hits. He won an MVP was a several time all-star. Um, he's just one of those guys. I talked about it at the beginning when we were talking about Detroit, <laughs> Detroit Tigers yeah. players. They got a lot of really good players in their history and he's one of them. Um, 
unfortunately he had a couple injuries and struggles in his career. He also had some military time. He served three full seasons of military time in his early thirties, which probably cut out a lot of it. So he only finished with 331 home runs, but he's another one of those guys, those names on the, the home run list. You know, someone passes Hank Greenberg and go, all right, this guy's pretty good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And, and when you're in Detroit, you know who he is. Yeah. You, you know who he is when you're in Detroit. So Jackson, do you think we did the decade justice? I feel like we did, but I feel like there's so many more players we didn't talk about. You want to give a couple honorable mentions? Uh, Al Simmons. Uh, I mean, I can save him for a different video, but Al Simmons, uh, Hank Cronin, uh, Mickey Cochran, who mm-hmm. is famous mm-hmm. as a manager. He also another famous Detroit Tiger, <laughs> Philadelphia yeah. Athletic, and then uh, Dizzy Dean. Dizzy Dean, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited that that we got like you say. I think we got. Um, I think we did it justice. Um, next decade series, guess who breaks into the uh, breaks into the majors? It's Jackie Robinson. Jack Roosevelt Robinson. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Top fans, hopefully you did this justice. As we've said on plenty of our podcasts before, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Tell us what you think. It's okay. We're not offended, right? If we miss something, tell us that we miss something. Um, Jackson and I just love the game and we love the history of the game. And each decade, we're typically pulling out one or two different things in the decade to um, highlight and to show. And so um, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be coming down the pipe as we get into the 40s and 50s and 60s. Um, We're going to talk more about Joey D uh, next podcast. We're probably going to talk about this young kid named Mickey Mantle um, coming in on this podcast. We might even talk about this guy that came up as a second baseman named Jackie Robinson. He, he might get some mention. I, I'm wondering if he gets some mention or not. Maybe um, this con- maybe a contact hitter known as, uh, what was the name, Ted, Ted, Ted Williams, something like that? Yeah, maybe, maybe that guy. So we've got – so like us, uh, like us on uh, Facebook um, – by all means, uh, follow us on Top Fan or on uh, Instagram and on YouTube. Also, Jackson is at uh, Top Fan Stats Guy. Follow him too. He's got some amazing stuff, and I've been watching some of the stuff that he's put up. He put up a nice post about Hank Aaron the other day. Um, follow him. Uh, and again, anybody that wants to join us, feel free to reach out to us. Email us at Top Fan um, at Top Fan Rivalry at gmail.com with an interview request. We'd love to have you. We are trying to be the best fan participate uh, participation site. We don't want to be the guys that, that are not going to let the fans be involved. We want the fans involved as much as possible. So Jackson, you are an amazing co-host. Thank you so much. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for making me better with my knowledge. Yeah. Well, and th- thanks for having me on and Thank you, top fans, for listening to me. I might sound like I drone on sometimes. Not at all. <laughs> thanks for putting up all. with us, you know. Thanks for joining us on this series. And, and we'll, we, we'll, we, hope to, we hope to talk to you guys soon. We'll see you next Wait round. Wait for your feedback. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, have a good one, Jackson. You too.